0: This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Mark chapter 16 in the World English Bible. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? For it was very big." Looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back. Entering into the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were amazed. He said to them, Don't be amazed. You seek Jesus the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. They went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had come on them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. But when he had risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, as they mourned and wept. When they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they disbelieved. After these things he was revealed in another form to two of them, as they walked, On their way into the country, they went away and told it to the rest, and they didn't believe them either. Okay, so we've got a few things here. First, um, whenever they come to the tomb and uh, an angel meets them and tells them that Jesus has risen, he says, go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, was the point here that Peter is no longer a disciple because He denied the Lord, or is it just showing the special care and concern that the Lord had for Peter even after his great failure? Either way, there's an invitation for Peter to believe in the risen Lord. Certainly, Peter, after all of his boasting, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, after all of his boasting how he would die for the Lord, he couldn't even watch and pray, and then he was so fearful that he denied that he had known the Lord. And so Peter had to feel like just an abject failure, and now there's a special message for Peter, and uh, he said, be sure that that Peter and the disciples know that he's not here, that he's risen just as he said. Um, so they, after seeing the angel, they quickly fled, and initially they don't tell anyone, they're just running for their life. <laughs> They were afraid and amazed and couldn't understand what had happened. And then it says Jesus appeared to one of the ladies who had come, Mary Magdalene. And um, when when she saw him, uh, she went to tell the others what had happened. And when she did, they didn't believe. They mourned and wept. Uh, and so... They they disbelieved when she said, "No, no, he's alive." And then Jesus appears to two others on their journey, and they come and share the report. But the disciples have been so profoundly disappointed in the Lord, in the Lord's death, and in themselves uh, that they don't have the capacity to believe anymore. It seems, and so we see the disciples have been hardened somewhat. After all they had seen, you say, well, how can they not believe? The scripture warns us that sin will harden your heart and you won't be able to believe. And I think the condemnation, the shame, all of the things that have transpired in such a short time, they just can't open themselves up to belief again. Verse 14, "'Afterwards he was revealed to the eleven themselves as they sat at the table.'" And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they didn't believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to the whole creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who disbelieves will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new languages, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing... It will in no way hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, um, this portion, actually starting with verse number nine, uh, in some newer translations, for example, the New International Version, it has it in italics, and it says that uh, some early witnesses don't include this. Well, that's actually, there's just a couple manuscripts, and one of them I've actually seen pictures of the manuscript itself, and it has a blank space as if they knew that they were missing part of the gospel. Um, There are are thousands of manuscripts and fragments. There are quotes. um, There are translations in other languages. um, Very, very early, and this is Included in all of these, that so that really does come down to just a manuscript or two. So, while it's true that we do have a couple manuscripts that are missing this last part of the Gospel of Mark, it's also true that the evidence is overwhelming, I believe, in favor of it being included uh, as authentic scripture. And it's always been believed by the church, uh, it's just recently. Uh, that we've we've had people trying to cast doubt on it. I read from one of the uh, editors or translators of the New King James Version. He discussed their decision on these, and he said they finally concluded, if they were going to be fair, that a lot of the reason why people didn't want to include this had more to do with the theology than it had to do with the text. And so the New King James Version does, in fact, include this without any of the caveats, because... They found the evidence to be so strong that this should be included in Scripture. So with all that being said, in case you've read this in another passage and it's cast out on, I think the manuscript evidence is definitely in its favor. Um, and so we see that this, in, in my opinion, is absolutely the Word of God. And so then we have to look at what it says. Uh, so first here, he rebukes the disciples for their unbelief and hardness of heart and Notice of some good can come out of taking correction because immediately after that he says, "Go into all the world, preach the good news to the whole creation." So he's not done with them because they they lacked faith, and it's interesting. They couldn't believe when they heard the report that he was risen, and now he's sending them out to tell the whole world that he's risen and to make believers out of people. And he says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And so we have some prerequisites here for salvation. He gives us two conditions, and they go hand in hand. Um, There are people today who would claim to be believers who haven't been baptized, uh, but that doesn't exist in the New Testament church. If you look through what we see in the Scripture, um, if you go through the book of Acts, at every conversion, whenever people turn to the Lord in faith, They're commanded to be baptized, and so the evidence of your faith is that you respond to the command. And so here, with the way that many people present faith today, I I think it's just uh, a hollow shell of what it meant to believe in the Bible. Um, And so someone can simply just say, okay, I believe that, and it's just kind of a, a mental consent to, yeah, that gospel sounds good to me, and it could keep me out of eternity, and they're done. Well, when we see in the scripture, you're to believe from your heart. And and how you think in your heart is who you really are. What gets in your heart is going to change your life. And you're going to make every effort to be obedient. And so this baptism is given as a command through the scripture, not as a suggestion. Uh, In the first message to the church in Acts chapter 2, Peter tells them that everyone's to be baptized for the remission of their sins in the name of Jesus Christ. And so all the new converts we see throughout the book of Acts Whenever we're given details of their conversion, they're baptized. They call on the name of Jesus. uh, What you're believing in your heart, you're confessing with your mouth. They call on the name of Jesus. They're baptized for the express purpose of washing away their sins, of the forgiveness of sins. And then they're believing for the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we see in the book of Acts, when they receive the Spirit, they speak in tongues. And so the conditions he gives here uh, for salvation is to believe and to be baptized. Many people essentially scratch that and be baptized off there. But that's what Jesus said. He said, if you if you believe and you're baptized, you'll be saved. But he who disbelieves will be condemned. Some people say, well, then you're making water salvation. No, the Lord can use anything he wants. He's the one who gave us the command to believe and be baptized. All it takes to be lost is just to disbelieve. There's one condition to be lost, and that's not to believe. You can be baptized every day, but if you don't have faith, it doesn't do anything. The power's not in the water. It's in your obedient faith. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new languages. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will in no way hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. What we find is there should be Evidence in the life of true believers, and there were signs, and we see in the book of Acts there were signs there were things that occurred, and I believe they're still occurring on the earth today and and I believe it's God's plan for us to see more of that if we would just believe um, but certainly the initial signs that you're a believer is the power that accompanies it, power over demons. Um, the speaking in new tongues. When the Holy Ghost came, they would speak with new languages and, and that still happens today all over the world. Um, but then he also said, um, if a, if they take up a serpent or if they drink any deadly thing, and, and this isn't intentional, this isn't trying to tempt the Lord, but if, if these things happen, um, you're going to see miracles of preservation that the Lord will preserve their life. Now that doesn't mean... That believers will never die and be spared from every situation, but there will certainly be times when the Lord steps in and gives health to his people so that they can fulfill his gospel. And he says they're going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Part of the commission of the church is to demonstrate the healing power of the Lord. We see it all throughout the Bible, and I believe we still need to preach that and expect to see it today. Verse 19, so then the Lord, after he had spoken to them, was received up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word by the signs that followed. Amen. So the Lord sat down when he ascended to heaven. Um, This reminds me of the language in the book of Hebrews when it talks about the intercessors here, the priests who were continually offering sacrifices and standing and, and doing their service But it says Jesus, after he offered himself once, he sat down. His sacrifice was sufficient. He had finished his work. And so when Christ ascends to heaven, he sits down in the power of God. And it's time for the church then to get up. He he sat down and then his believers went out and preached everywhere. And so we've got work to do. And then finally, it says when they did what he commissioned them to do, that the Lord sent the power to confirm it with the signs just as he had promised. And so this is the ending of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, it tells the great story of Jesus Christ and of our salvation, but it also ends with the purpose of the church. We're to go out and continue the work of Jesus Christ and expect to see the power of God in our day. Let's pray together. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done. We ask that you would anoint us, bless us with power, help us to do your work, stir our hearts to belief, Lord. There's so many reasons to be hardened and lack faith. There's so many traditions that are contrary to your word, but I ask, Lord, that faith would rise up and that you would confirm the word with signs following. Help us to believe more, to believe for things we've yet to see. I pray you'd pour out your spirit with the evidence of tongues. You'd pour out your spirit with the evidence of power, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray that this simple podcast could touch somebody's heart and they would say yes to baptism. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray Let there be many salvations in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.